And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. We're back another week, another shiny new show. She's Steffi Barnett and I'm Alid Osborne. This week I talked to the largest LGBTQIA organisation in the world, ILGA. Uh, and we talk sports. Really? Yes, the bisons are in the studio. Hunky men in the studio. Don't start me out. This is Shout Out. bit loud Christ which bit she's blasting the power out tonight <laughs> well turn your headphones down you're supposed to be a radio professional and talking of which special guest co-presenter only the one and only Alad Osborne hey! I'm back yeah, back, um, back back again Andy is in Ireland uh, no doubt listening on DAB across Ireland because he can yes indeed. hello on DAB yeah Yes, indeed, in Ireland. If I shout Alexa right now, is that going to really annoy people? Probably. <laughs> Set something yeah, off. Yeah. Oh, yes. Volume up. <laughs> Hello, Google. Now, Terry, you've had a message from Mr. Biden, President Biden. Yes, I also had a message from my partner saying that my jokes were badly constructed and very smug. And I, I take great exception <laughs> to this. But yes, we did have a message from President Biden, sort of. He has tweeted, Happy Pride, America. This month, that is June, in the face of cruel attacks on LGBTQIA plus rights across the country, we celebrate the LGBTQIA plus Americans who are fiercely and unapologetically fighting for freedom and equality and reaffirm that their rights are human rights. Well said, President. Yes, pushing back the yeah. Republicans. Very good. You know, it's World Gay, it's World Day, Gay Day at World, World Disney on this Saturday. I if know, you've got time. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, so it's, uh, Florida, Disney yep. World is going to be flooded. Yep, they're going to have a real... Just like my basement. Flooded? <laughs> <laughs> or flo- Your basement's flooded? <laughs> I was thinking about the other way to think of that, but I can't see that. Uh, okay, moving swiftly I on. I love being on the radio. <laughs> so does Ofcom. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't swear, did I? No, no you didn't. No, no. You didn't, it's just in the listeners' Very minds. Good. Yeah. Um, we've also got the EU's first gay president, Latvia. Well done, Latvia. 49-year-old uh, Edgar Rinkovics. And um, he takes his position on the 8th of July. Bristol Pride. History maker, mm. yes. The same day as Bristol Pride, yes. It is. That's really, really significant. <laughs> yeah, that's very gay, isn't it? Yeah, camp. That's, that's camp. Love that. That's yeah. well chosen. <laughs> yeah. Well done, Latvia. And it's particularly good that Latvia has done this, whereas, you know, up until 1991, they were part of the Soviet Empire where homosexuality was illegal. Yeah. It was under crushing authoritarian yeah. form of communism. And here they are, 30 odd years later, and yeah. we've got a gay person. Yeah. Well done, you. Well done. Snaps for Latvia. Yeah. Right, we have got some rugby players in the studio. I'm not sure how that's going to go. S- moving swiftly on. <laughs> the Shout Out Podcast. 
ILGA Europe are a very important organization. Um, I'm joined by uh, Brian Finnegan, and uh, most people will know that the the new stats and review of the LGBTQIA communities not long be released by ILGA. Brian, tell me about ILGA and how it started in Europe. It's, it's a, an entity within the wider ILGA okay. organization. So there's ILGA World and there's ILGA uh, uh, um, Pan-African ILGA and uh, ILGA Portugal. There's various different um, ILGA uh, entities. Um, but ILGA Europe was uh, established as a separate region and independent legal entity in 1996. So while our membership is uh, overseen by ILGA World, um, by, the gen by the overall ILGA um, overarching office, we are a membership based organization for this region for for Europe and Central Asia. So we have over 700 um, member organizations across Europe and Central Asia across 54 countries. So wow, that's we fast, do a lot, yeah. isn't it? So is it a big it team is, yes. then that, that looks after that, Brian? We currently have a team of 22, but it's growing um, as I, I suppose as things change in the world and as uh, the war happened in, in Europe and there's, you know, the, a threat to democratic values across Europe, a, you know, a, a threat to dem democracy with LGBTI people often being used and instrumentalized in that. Um, we're growing because we're the work we have to do is growing and the funding we're getting to do that work is growing. So we're in a period of growth. Mm. Um, which is very interesting and um, invigorating. Yeah. Where does that funding come from, Brian? Is that from organisations like the European Union? We have um, funding from the European Commission. Um, we have funding from several different governments. We have funding from uh, different sources, USAID. We have funding from uh, a, some corporate funding that we take with great careful care. Imagine. We don't accept we don't accept corporate funding from just anybody. Uh, they have to go through a pretty rigorous screening with us before we can take that money or will take that money. And that's unrestricted funding. So that's funding that we use in specifically to regrant to organisations in emergency situations. Um, yeah, work to help organisations that are 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 in difficulty. And then we have. I suppose our, our restrictive funding, which is funding that comes from the commission, et cetera, um, will go into regranting. So we will regrant to organizations to help with their work, or else we use it for capacity building. So we, we go out and to, to work with different organizations in different ways to build their capacity, so thereby building the movement. Mm. Now, around the world, there's been a move towards the right, and a lot of government right-wing governments have been voted in which is causing great difficulty and anxiety to the LGBTQI plus communities. Even in um, in Ireland, it's been noted with that recent um, young gay guy who was beat up by his schoolmates. That, that is quite shocking coming from a country that you feel usually very, very safe in for being queer or trans. Does it worry you about this uptick in, in violence and hate speech? Of course, it's very worrying. <clears throat> um, we we produce uh, two two major publications over the year, which is the annual review, which, our annual review, which comes out in February, which is an annual review of the human rights situation of LGBTI people in Europe and Central Asia. So we we have 
experts in every country um, telling us exactly what's happening in each of those countries. And we we publish, it's a, quite a big publication um, on rainbowEurope.org, um, which, which gives that narrative uh, background to what's happening. And then we publish the Rainbow Map in May, which is a ranking countries across Europe uh, based on their legal and policy developments. Uh, so it gives us a, a picture of who's leading in terms of uh, law um, and implementation of law. Uh, but what we found with our annual review this year, which was published this February, was that it's not only a rise in, in violence against LGBTI people, which is being stoked by hate speech from from public figures, from leaders in in politics and religion mainly. We've seen that there's a, a rise in ferocity of, of attacks and frequency of attacks against LGBTI people. Uh, there were two terrorist attacks in in 2022 against uh, in Oslo and in Slovakia and showing that that's not just uh, often there's an east to it this idea of an east west divide like everything's really terrible for LGBTI people in the east and things are good in the west but that's not what we see there is no divide in this rise in in the instrumentalization and use of hatred against a group one group for a government to uh, seize and hold on to power because that's it's in the playbook it's like if you victimize if you have one enemy that the government say we're gonna we're gonna stand up against that enemy you create that enemy for the society and then the society goes oh yeah that's the enemy and we will vote for you because you're standing up against the enemy but they've created that enemy themselves yeah. The, yeah. The, the people in power so it's it's not a new it's not a new way of holding on to power. We've seen it throughout history. We see that rise. We see a rise in, in violence and ferocity of violence. But also, why we do, there's other factors that we, we, we see and have to take into account. So it's not, it's not only a story of fear and only a story, story of victimization or uh, polarization or marginalization. It's a story we've seen you know, huge change this year in the rainbow map. Countries jumping, making huge jumps like Finland and Spain, for instance, jumping both six places each because both countries introduced uh, a legal gender recognition with the self-determination model, which is the the ideal standard. It's the bed, the the gold standard for legal gender recognition. We've, what we're seeing is that while there is a rise in in politically driven violence. Uh, there is also a rise in in very in strong politicians who are are willing to put themselves forward for positive change and are willing to do the right things and not respond to false uh, information and not respond respond to hate hate speech or, or to put themselves on the line and have the courage of their convictions to push society forward instead of using a group of people to scapegoat uh, to push it back. Mm -hmm. So we see that. Earlier on, I was uh, recording a podcast with activists from Slovenia and Malta. Uh, Slovenia is 21 on the map. Malta is number one on the map. You know, there's different problems for everybody in every country. It's not no country is perfect. As you said, Ireland has a very you know, people think Ireland is some kind of utopia for LGBTI people, but Ireland is just like everywhere else. You know, there's movement forward, but there's always people who will hate, and there's always people who will who will take the the 
the the cry of hate from leaders or from people who are you know in the public eye and and go forward and and implement that hatred or you know beat somebody up or or whatever in in on, on the streets or in the social context but uh what we see what was very interesting from the podcast that i did was the activists i was talking to said it's very different with youth with young people it like very large numbers of young people nowadays are identifying as other than cis heterosexual uh, people. They are, have a much broader understanding of sexuality and gender, and their I, identities are forming in this way with this understanding. And also, they're much more forward thinking in terms of LGBTI people and LGBTI people's rights and, uh, and how LGBTI people need to be respected within their societies. So, I think there's great hope within that because. While at the moment we're seeing a rise of something, the world is cyclical. Uh, things change in different ways all the time. And we have coming up behind us, you know, behind my generation and your generation, you know, several generations behind me, um, we have, have people coming up through the ranks who are, have a completely different outlook on the world. A diff completely different idea of what gender and sexual orientation is, and who are much more open to a world that is inclusive of of many different shades of of humanity. Yeah, um, I guess following stats and that, um, this is not specifically LGBTQIA related. But if you look at the voting of different countries they are almost 50 50 you look at the turkish vote that's just occurred it's almost 50 50 with if you look at the israeli the way that their right-wing government got in that was 50 50. look at the brexit vote 50 50. that polarizes society especially with social media as it is and i think the the spread from things like the, the war in ukraine with with russia you've even got people now saying is democracy the right way to go so that we can crack down on different as in, in different inverted commas what is your take on that the way the world is seems to be split do you think we'll ever get past that and the 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 left wing and tolerance will bop back up it's a very good question. Uh, it, I suppose this, as you said, takes place in the context of social media. Social media is not nuanced. Uh, it is always about short and very polarized messaging. Uh, nobody takes to Twitter with whatever number of characters and, and gives a nuanced message. They say, I'm either for or against. And it's a politic that pits for and against that doesn't ever talk about the nuance of you know what's what's at stake for people uh so are we ever going to come back from this i would say we're going to evolve i don't know what way we're going to evolve but the evolution that we've seen um over the past few years was unexpected an unexpected evolution we thought that social media was really giving vo a voice to everyone. Uh, but what it's done is given a voice to very strong, uh, polarized voices. I often, what we, we see, because we see a vast amount of social media here, it's, all, it's the, the, 
the negative voice, the, the against voice, isn't a vast amount of people. Even though you see 50-50 votes, it's always the same people. It's a small coterie of, of voices that, that are, for instance, you know, that you'll always hear are see tweeting in the UK anti-trans views, like really radical anti-trans views. So it's, a, it's that their voices get amplified by the media and their vo so it's like an over amplification of the negative and uh, an under amplification of the positive so i suppose that's a lot of the work that we do in ilga europe is to try and amplify it's not that we're saying everything's rosy in the garden we absolutely know for a fact that that's not true but we are in the business of trying to uh bring forward the what's what's working and and to uh shore that up and uh underpin it uh in the way we talk to governments the way we talk to the european parliament and commission in the way we work with uh, member organizations as they talk to their governments and they advocate in their countries so you know i don't think it's all all is lost i don't think that it's like a dark dark road for everyone as we go forward. I would certainly hope not. I mean, I think that if you're smart enough, people are, there's a lot of smart people also on the good side of, of, of politics and of activism and of social uh, justice movements. So I think that we, we have to prevail. We have to, to be strong. We have to ground our, our feet down and, and do the work and, and, but not buy in. This is the, the thing. If you buy into the polarization by going, you're wrong, I'm right, always, you're wrong, I'm right, which is what the, the, the far right are saying, the left are wrong, we're right. If you constantly go, we're, you've got a 50-50. Right, yeah. So what you need to do is not, um, not, not stop people from having views, but try and... Um, say, okay, that's your view, but here's my view. You know, uh, this is this is the human experience that I have in relation to the world, or this is the human experience I've witnessed, or so that you're not kind of going, you're wrong. If you say an anti-trans thing, we're going to shut you down uh, because w it doesn't lead to any sense of it just becomes more and more polarized as people become shut down and are afraid to speak out on the other, on the, you know, on the other hand. So, and then it, it stops politicians from speaking out because they're afraid to speak out. They're going, well, if I speak out this way, I, you know, I'm rowing into a debate that might damage me. Uh, and I'm scared to row into, to, to talk about my, my, you know, positive feelings about, or my, my belief that, that, trans rights are human rights you know for instance or you know are that um same-sex marriage is basic human right of of people to to form partnerships and have those partnerships recognized equally by the state so we have a, a it's a tough job but it's a job that i think you you have to do do with intelligence strategic thinking with a clear agenda not to buy into polarized narratives and polarized uh, ways of communicating.
Well, Brian, we've run right out of time, I'm afraid. But uh, your last points, I think, uh, also include what the British schools are going through right now, where you've got teachers frightened to do anything. And I think your 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 last uh, words were quite powerful and give everyone hope and that the uh, the haters won't win as long as it's handled correctly. Brian Finnegan, ILGA Europe and Asia. Thank you so much for joining us on Shout Out. It was my pleasure. Shout Out. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Right, that was good old Yeller. <laughs> or, or yeah. Old Yeller. <laughs> the race. I like when the racing car goes across your head. Good stereo effect, that. Are the news team ready? We're ready when you are, Stan. Okay. Shout out news on Thursday, 1st of June. Atheist, LGBT plus and multi-faith activists in the city of Bristol have united to condemn the spread of religious fundamentalist graffiti into the gay village and multicultural parts of the city. As we reported in March, eagle-eyed watchers of the ever-changing patchwork of illegal fly-posting in Bristol had noticed a major new development as a fundamentalist Christian went berserk through many parts of the city's centre with literature ordering people to worship Jesus and repent. Now it needs to be stated that these illegal acts are not the work of the many moderate law-abiding religious people who live and work in the city. Now, as some observers had feared, the unlawful activity has spread to the old market gay village and multicultural area, with posters demanding the same religious obedience and specifically anti-gay messages being plastered on public property. Some local LGBT plus activists have already painted over the offensive material. One atheist blogger posted, This unruly output shows that fundamentalist religious people will break any law to force their views on law-abiding people. <coughs> Bristol City Council, meanwhile, encouraged people to report illegal fly-posting to the police, saying unwanted graffiti costs the council and the people of Bristol money. And Suki Wolf, a retired psychotherapist, poet, feminist and LGBTQ plus rights activist, is a member of the left feminist Socialist Freedom Party in the United States. In the latest issue of their newspaper, she examines how parts of the lesbian feminist movement risk everything if they ally with anti-trans extremists. In an informative piece, she looks at the limitations of lesbian separatist politics from the 1970s when she first became a radical feminist. Suki says, I saw the way they rejected and discriminated against male toddlers and young boys. Their assumption that individual men are to blame for our oppression and that all men are potential rapists. This collided with the fact that I have a socialist feminist brother that I am very fond of. Not to mention that I was once kicked out of a meeting for expressing male thinking. What the anti-trans folks don't see is that once the right finish driving trans people back into the closet, they will come for gays and lesbians. There is already talk of overturning gay marriage, so teaming up with the Heritage Foundation to push an anti-trans agenda just doesn't make sense. Feminism that does not include trans women is not feminism. Uh, Bristol, Pride, Bristol Pride have announced a three-year partnership with Aviva, the UK's general insurer and a leading life and pensions provider. 
the Viva will be the headline partner to the festival until 2025. This year, the festival takes place between Saturday the 24th of June and Saturday the 8th of July. Aviva's support to the LGBT plus charity enables Bristol Pride to keep delivering one of the UK's largest Pride events and keep the community at its heart. With many aspects of the festival increasing in cost, the sponsorship allows organisers to keep the annual Pride Day celebrations a donation option festival. Darren Carter, MBE, Pride Bristol's Director of Programming and Partnerships, said... We're thrilled to announce Aviva as our new headline partner and to have this ongoing commitment to pride and the community. News in brief now. Sheffield Crown Court have convicted far-right-wing self-professed Nazi Christian Ashley Sharp of possession of terrorist manuals on his computer. Mr Sharp was described by the presiding judge as a dangerous right-wing extremist who holds anti-Semitic, homophobic and racist conspiracy theories. The judge has ordered the man to remain in custody until a decision is made as to the length of his sentence. Midlands gay radio station Gorgeous reports that Birmingham Pride took place over the Whitson bank holiday weekend. Tens of thousands of people participated. Of particular note were a delegation from the Christian group Inclusive Gathering who marched with the banner saying you are loved and Christians at Pride. And Saima Razak, the co- director of communications at Pride, tweeted Birmingham Pride Mubarak everyone. Today I stand in solidarity with all my fellow queer Muslims who are persecuted the world over. The Pink Triangle Trust, a long-standing LGBT plus humanist charity, has paid tribute to its co-founder, Roy Seish, who has passed on at the age of 83. He died surrounded by family and friends. Mr Seish and his partner helped network across a number of groups, bringing them together to fight for equality for LGBT plus people and atheists. These included the Campaign for Homosexual Equality, Warwickshire Area Gay Society, the National Secular Society of Humanists UK. Diesel Balam, a long-standing atheist activist, said, I will treasure the memories and be thankful for friendship kindness guidance and inspiration video uh, video of a transgender woman being assaulted repeatedly by police in milan has gone viral in italy reports the lgbt plus radio station Glitterbeam. the astonishing attack is still being investigated by the authorities but bystanders have told gay newspapers that the woman was minding her own business when set upon Experts on the history of the UK have urged the BBC to stand firm in the face of the latest lies from the anti-gay and transphobic newspaper, the Daily Telegraph. The paper had to um, take, had take umbrage excuse me, at the truthful remark that British people are descended from immigrants. Genetic and other researchers agree that humans only reconcile Britain recolonised Britain at the end of the Ice Age and that previous populations have been completely squeezed out. BBC Radio Manchester says that the well-known gay superstore Clone Zone in Manchester's gay village has been attacked by a gang of youths on motorcycles for the fourth time this year. Clone Zone have launched an appeal and say it is high time that the community took matters into their own hands. I feel we are now sitting ducks for future attacks unless we can find and prosecute those responsible said a spokesperson. One trans activist on Twitter added that given the failure of the police to stop the attacks the community and the city should consider self-defense classes and said self-defense is no offense echoing the 70s feminist slogan defending women who physically fought back against male abusers and finally, entertainment website Digital Spices, Elliot Page, who came out as a trans man in 2020, will be launching their memoir, wittily titled Page Boy, on June 6th. Mr Page said, I think this period of not just hate, of course, but misinformation or just blatant lies about LGBTQ plus lives, about our health care, it felt like the right time. Trans and queer stories are so often picked apart, or worse, universalised. He told a reporter from People magazine that he was happy and pleased to have transitioned. People looking to read 
Page's memoir were encouraged to get their copies from one of the many independent LGBT plus run or friendly bookstores now running across the UK. So for more news, why not check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt. And remember to stay in touch with LGBTQIA plus media online, in print and on your radio all week. For Shout Out News, we've been... Ezra Peregrine and Terry Starr. Shout Out News, national and international LGBT news for you. Shout Out, LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out podcast. The KLF, nothing to do with rugby whatsoever. None at all. No. Tragic. Tragic. Right, we're going to be talking balls now. Yay! Funny shaped ones. Why did a rugby ball become the shape it was? Somebody has an answer somewhere. Fancy a ruck? Me too. Okay. Right, introduce our guest then and earn your earn your shekels. Earn my shekels. Hello, shout out. We are joined this evening by what can only be described as my calling my tribe uh they are a wonderful group of people and we are joined by two of my favorites oh look at them and that's not just because they're sat in front of me it's because they're genuinely my favorite but we are joined by two of the ever-growing herd of the bristol bisons make some noise thanks studio (laughs) 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 and i am joined by anthony and isaac the lovely duo that are do you want to introduce yourselves to us boys hey there um my name is anthony um i am on the bristol bisons i've been on the bisons now for two seasons going into my third hi my name is isaac Uh, my pronouns are he him and i've been with the bisons since 2019 and uh, i am the diversity and inclusion secretary Oh, look at you getting all the job titles in. And Anthony's like, I think I've got a job title, but I'm just going to drop it. That's why we're a duo, don't even worry about it. What do you do for the Bisons, Anthony? I'm also the uh, secretary for the Bisons as well. So what does that mean? Do you just take notes? I take minutes, I get the coffees, I I organise minutes. Yeah, no, uh, we... do you push the trolley in the meetings? <laughs> exactly that. Spin the lazy Susan. <laughs> <laughs> You've been called that before. Anyway. Um, Can I just ask why the shape yes. of the ball is the shape of the ball? In rugby, it's not round. Um, for, for the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. you do a lot of carrying, I guess. <laughs> that right, is okay. very... Damn, we don't answer. know the answer ourselves. So we I just, just accept it. That is something for a bison's uh, quiz whenever yes, we make one. quite. Okay. <laughs> so tell us a bit more about the bisons. Who are you? What do you do? What is it? So the bisons, um, we're the first inclusive uh, rugby team in the southwest. We turned 18 this year, which is really exciting. Oh, you're legal now. This is it. Um, <laughs> former Q. And then um, we, we play in the IGR um, League in the UK. Um, we did really well last season, so we were... Uh, really the, well is a bit of an understatement, isn't it, Miss oh, Ellaby? Well, we did fab. We won uh, the UK Development League, and uh, we were absolutely chuffed to bits. Absolutely chuffed to bits. The team worked so hard for it, and uh, we've come on a massive journey. So we're super excited with what this season ahead can lead to. And so, like, last season maybe wasn't so great. This season, you've absolutely smashed it. Uh, For those who don't know, what is the IGR and kind of what is involved in that season? And why do you think you've returned with such a vengeance? Absolutely. So IGR is an international league of inclusive rugby that spans 
pretty much anywhere you could think of in the world. There's teams in America, there's teams in Australia, there's teams all around Europe. And it's uh, a way of kind of introducing rugby to a group of people that might not have felt comfortable to do it before. It's a, you know, you, you look at rugby from the outside, it's a kind of hyper-masculine, aggressive sport. And the idea of IGR is about subverting some of those tropes and showing that no matter how camp you are, no matter if you're gay, trans, whoever you are, you can play rugby. And that's why we love it. We play against other IGR teams and it's uh, a really lovely way for people to grow in and out of sport. Um, don't know if you want to tell about why we've done so well. <laughs> yeah, we just we just rocked it. We, we had a really tough season the season before um, and I think a lot of teams following COVID had that journey of getting back together getting back onto the pitch um and then last season we just knuckled down really formed a tight herd and just absolutely smashed it damn right to be fair you did a little bit it could be down because of um, your coach is quite good isn't she she's all i mean sasha's oh, all yeah. right. she's <laughs> <a shout-out. laughs> just a cheeky little shout out to sash so like sum up the bisons what does it mean to be a bison how many are there because there's loads yeah 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 so um we the herd's huge uh, in terms of active players at the moment we've got about uh, i think there's about 50 active players plus we've got about 20 supporters on top so the herd's about 70 bison strong um and isaac kind of nailed it on the head in that to be a bison it's so much more than the rugby for a lot of us it's it's the acceptance to uh, something that we maybe didn't think we could do. You know, I moved to Bristol two years ago and I joined the Bison straight away. And to me, it was a really safe space. I couldn't even spell rugby, let alone play it. So to be accepted, to be taught, and then to thrive in this kind of team, it's, it's just meant the world. And it's been so life-changing to me and to so many other Bisons as well. Why did you choose rugby rather than football? So football's always got, to me, that toxic kind of atmosphere around it you know you, you hear about the hooligans yeah. and 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 certainly at, at school football was the one where I was the goalpost not even the winger <laughs> whereas at least with rugby it was it's it's seen more as a, a more civil sport mm-hmm. um my, I'm from Manchester so um they played rugby league a lot and it was something that my dad always pushed um so I think again for me it was it was almost like a safe route into getting into sport. Now they play two types of rugby, aren't they? So what do you play? So we're a union team. Okay. Uh, I'll be completely honest. I know absolutely nothing about league, <laughs> and I don't intend to learn. So I do know that league's worse. Oh, okay, there great. Yeah, love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think one keeps stopping, doesn't it? The ref keeps stopping, so is stop, go, stop, go. Whereas the other one is a bit more fluid. I'd like to say that ours is fluid. I don't know if which okay. one of those we actually I think, are. But I yeah, I think union is fluid and league is stop start. I, I, I think, I think. Okay, that, that's just my like. That's your Welshness coming oh, out. Yeah, my, that, that is my Welsh <laughs> rugbyness coming out. Of course it is. Of course it is. So what is like next for the Bisons? What's happening? What's the exciting things that you've got in the pipeline? So we've got a really exciting couple of weeks coming up. Um, we've just had a lovely break after we had our European tour, uh, which ironically was in Birmingham. Oh, fantastic. Um, <laughs> just about, what, three weeks ago That's now? It. So yeah, yeah. Um, we've all come back really infused from that, had some time to salve our wounds, and we are starting back up at training again next uh, week with a very exciting open session. So we run open sessions a couple of times throughout the summer, and it's a really great place for anyone who's new to rugby, new to the Bisons, new to sport, full stop, to yeah. come along and give it a try um, it will be nothing intimidating at all it will be the absolute funnest time everyone will be so welcoming so if anyone would like to come along to the open session next Thursday the 8th Thursday the 8th Thursday the 8th please come on down at Clifton RFC uh, and what time 7pm 
Oh, in oh, unison oh. as well, in chorus. Choir. Yes. <laughs> we practice it. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you um, have rainbow balls? We have a bicycle. <laughs> we, have, we have a variety of different balls that we have. Excuse me, but um, what? <coughs> but um, we don't have rainbow balls as yet. We would love to take it's, that under advisement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I think skin. I, I may, I'm putting it out there, maybe a couple of us in this room tonight have got rainbow balls. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. But with, you, with the open day, if you did want to turn up and just give it a go, like, like Isaac said, it's such a safe space. And even if it's just to get out there and realise that we're one of many inclusive sports teams in Bristol. Absolutely. So even if you wanted to come down and just see what an inclusive sports team is like, with or without rainbow balls, um, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd really encourage everyone to kind of come over. Absolutely. And in that same week... Mm. What else is happening? Well, well, well. We have a very exciting Bison's fundraiser, Pride Off the Pitch at the Queen Shilling, uh, Saturday the 10th, 10pm till late. So we, throughout the year, try and fundraise for the club. You know, we're a volunteer-run club. We don't have any, you know, one paying us to do this. Um, So we need going costs to find things like tours, continue to run coaches, and we have a very special guest. Who is it? Oh, who is it? It is Miss Beaver hosting us. It's Beaver the Bison. Yes, uh, Beaver Bison, the honorary Bison. She's hosted a few Bison. She actually hasn't. To be so, fair. never, never heard of that person. Is a local? <laughs> oh, I might think they might be. Yeah, I've seen him around a little bit at the Bear Bar here and there, and all of those you know, brunches, <laughs> brunches, brunches. So, She's yeah. coming from a triple brunch, there no double brunch, wow. and then a double brunch. You're busy. Straight to the Queen. She's booked and tired, not wow. booked and blessed. <laughs> we'll <laughs> be selling plenty of jelly shots, and those will be oh, going half the way straight to Beaver. I'm sure. Yes. Well, no. We all know what happens when you feed jelly shots to a beaver. She cracks her hip and passes out. So we won't be doing that again. Um, and if people wanted to find out more, if they were a bit nervous about going for the first time and they wanted to slide into an odd DM, perhaps, where can they find all of that? Uh, Bison RFC across all of the socials and uh, uh, Bristol Bison's RFC on Facebook. So yeah, drop us a yeah. message. TikTok pending, by the way. We TikTok pending. No. But um, what's really good on the socials is we've actually got some testimonials as well from different players. So if people are a little bit nervous, um, we've got some really nice stories from meet the team, meet the team, meet the coaches, meet the committee. Again, just to kind of show everyone that you know we're really nice people and you can come and chuck a ball with us. They were the only people, by the way, who sent me a bunch of flowers after I came out of oh, hospital. Was that the is sweet. So I can testify that they are a lovely team. Thank you. So, Bisons, I think we're at the end. Is there anything quickly you want to say before we say au revoir? I'd just love to say that, you know, if you come along to the open session or any of our things, there are lots of different ways to be a bison. You don't oh, have yes. to play rugby. There is always a role for you. We always need support from volunteers, first aiders, coaches, even just people to be around and scream at us on the sidelines. So, yeah, please, please, you know, there's so many ways to be involved. Yeah. Great. I can't wait for the fundraiser. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> and when Steffi asked me to co-present and then was like oh the bisons are there i'm like i'm not telling them till the day because this is going to be a lot of lot of fun but thank you so much and you are an incredible team and you're incredible people but thank, thank you for you coming so in thank you for having us thank you both. always the shout out podcast David Cassidy and the Partridge family, I have a, a crush, or I had a crush in the 70s on David Cassidy. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful person. <laughs> That's Very hilarious. Gorgeous, actually. Gorgeous. Oh, he was gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely gorgeous. He's still kicking about, isn't he? 
Yeah. Oh, look at you with the behind the scenes that we just had the bisons in. He's still kicking about, and we've just had the bisons in. Terry, you and the puns. That was a clever one, that. Thank you. You can go back to your partner now. Right. Can I I just, one moment, play an ident, if you don't mind? For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's so that was, oh my god, I've waited all night for that eye Absolutely. Do you know, I was getting nervous. Where, I was yeah. sweating. I was like, where, where is that eye Where is the eye <laughs> Do, do the got, listeners know who they're listening to? I have got a schedule yeah. and we're not on the schedule. <laughs> yes, Steffi Barney, Radio DJ Extraordinary. You're on the schedule now. <laughs> Does anybody watch watch rugby when it's on the television yeah. as a sport? No. Yes. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah, I watch it every week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, was, I watch the Rugby Sevens. Your son, son's yeah, a rugby player, isn't he? Rugby, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's amazing sport. Yeah. Yeah, I quite like watching rugby. I don't... I'm not ever going to play because look at me but I love watching and I get really competitive as well so I'm a shouter I'm one of them rugby mums I I (laughs) think that they'd welcome you with open arms Alice Oh, the bison! <laughs> open arms and open legs. That's no, right. they're, 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 uh, open hearts. Um, yeah, I'm not. I, they're I, a lovely I, bunch. I, of I have gone and watched the bisons. I actually drove to London once to watch them play an away game, and I'm literally on the side being like, yeah, I'm screaming at them. <laughs> My God, being really booked. But there is, oh, like uh, there are rules be... for uh, people on the sideline. Oh. There are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah. be actually get a yellow card for. Oh, like I didn't swear. I was just yeah. telling the bisons to like pull up their polyester socks you know like catch the ball <laughs> maybe you could be a cheerleader well yeah, you know? yeah. oh I'd like to see you in I a bra bra skirt oh <laughs> <laughs> It's really interesting, that? isn't it? It's, that it's, is a DM request. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's such a physical game, you know, and, and, you know, with lots of physical contact. And yet it's sort of like being embraced by the gay community more than football, as, as you know, Anthony said. So there was Football's al- more toxic, I there think. There was always a saying where I grew up, and I'm from like a little tiny town in Wales, where mm. if you didn't play rugby, who were you? You were no one. And mm. it, it was always that saying of um, rugby is a game game for thugs played by gentlemen but football is a game for gentlemen yeah played my mother always used to say that yeah and i think yeah. that's where the that's where the shift is like the rugby boys they'll have fun everybody's there just watching the game and having rugby and yes you might shout at the other team but you ain't gonna lamp and one uh whereas well. you always kind of you always kind of get that feeling with a group mm-hmm. of 20 to 35 year old football boys but there there is a gay inclusive team in Bristol isn't there Bristol Panthers Panthers Mm -hmm. that's it who I think train down at Ashton Gate they're always after an animal aren't they because the badminton team is like the Robins or something no the Swifts yeah Yeah. oh it's Bristol City isn't it the Robins the City is the Robins Robins, yeah. yeah And yeah. to, hang on, Rovers isn't an animal, is it? Don't, it's aren't the they? pirates or the gas. I think we were talking about LGBT. Yeah, we're talking about well, gay inclusive There's queer people in the, 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 the gays. gays. Yeah. We're yeah. talking no, about the gays. Yeah. 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 You know, there was Jerusalem Pride today, by the way, as well. And thousands attended, despite the fact that Jer- um, Israel has a very, very right-wing it government. does at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it really does. Yeah, and... Um, Bought Disney World are having um, their gay day. Gay day on Saturday, right? Yeah. 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 Every day is a gay day in Disneyland. It is. It is compared to Florida. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a little island, isn't it, Walt Disney World? 64 square miles. 
of yeah. safety for the queer community. Yeah, Paris is a bit smaller, isn't it, Steph? Quite a bit smaller, actually. <laughs> yeah. We did the whole lot five times tiny. in one day. <laughs> oh. Yes, oh, we did. We did. Oh gosh! Oh, the that, outro. That's, that's the, the outro. outro. She's queuing us off. She Don't is. put the music on. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. We're being dragged off the stage. No. But we will be back next week, same time, same channel. Thanks to all our guests. And, of course, the shout-out team. For our shows, just go to shoutoutradio.lgbt. Until next week. Bye! Bye! Bye-bye. <laughs>